0: Welcome to The View Podcast. I'm Akshara, and I'll be hosting today's episode. We're very excited to introduce Dhruv Toshniwal, the Vice President of Business Development at Banswara Syntex, and our podcast guest for today. Banswara Syntex is a global textile manufacturer that specializes in the production of yarn, fabric, and garments. They deliver what they like to call dress-up clothing, so everything from suits, shirts, trousers, jackets, and smart casual wear. They work with some of the best global fashion brands in the world, including Ralph Lauren, Gap, Marks and Spencer's, Nordstrom, Banana Republic, Zara, and Uniqlo. Before he joined his family-run business, Dhruv graduated from Wharton in the US and worked with several financial consulting companies. Welcome, Dhruv.
1: Hi, Ultra. It's really exciting to be here with you and the View team, and I'm really excited to share a little bit more about Banswara on the podcast.
0: Great. So let's start with a little bit about the company itself. Um, Banswara has seen quite the evolution since its inception in 1976. Uh, You guys are now 43 years old. So from initially starting out as a spinning mill to producing fabrics and ready-made garments um, and then entering into a joint venture with two French companies, a lot has happened at Banswara. So run us through the company's history and uh, what are some of the exciting things planned ahead?
1: So Banswara Syntex was started by my grandfather in 1976 uh, as a spinning mill in the town of Banswara in Rajasthan, which is uh, nearby the city of Daipur. Um, We've grown since being a small mill that came from a city with 5,000 people to being a mill that has over $200 million in turnover. Um, We sell yarn, fabric, and garment, uh, some of the biggest names in fashion. We work with Uniqlo, Zara, Levi's, Gap, Banana Republic, Marks & Spencers, and brands over across 50 geographies. Uh, We're really excited about the growth in India and the domestic market too. And we've been doing a lot on our business in terms of sustainability and tech initiatives, which I'd like to talk a little bit more about, you know, through this podcast.
0: Oh, that's very exciting. Um, Looks like there's a lot already going on. Um, You know, Dhruv, being at the Banswara factory last week was pretty incredible for me. Um, You know, thank you so much for taking us on that tour. Watching the process, um, starting from spinning, production, and going all the way to final fabrics and garmenting was extremely informative. Um, I would like you to tell us a little bit about what Banswara specializes in.
1: Great. Um, So Banswara's origins are very much in men's tailored clothing. Uh, We have an extremely European aesthetic, we have a design studio in France, we have design input from Italy, Canada, and the United States too. We work very closely with Japan and Korea, so these are some of the leading fashion markets. Um, We make tailored clothing and semi-casual clothing, semi-formal, smart formals, Um, men's suits, women's suits, jackets, trousers, skirts. Everything that services your workwear and occasion wear wardrobe. Um, we are, over time, evolving to become a casual clothing company, too. You know, the big trend towards casual clothing um, for the younger generations. And we make polyester viscose yarns, we make cotton yarns, we make woolen yarns, and we do blended yarns. We are the single largest fiber dyed mill in the world. Um, and by fiber dyed, we mean, you know, the color is put into the fabric at the stage of the fiber. So we have white cotton fiber or white woolen fiber come into our mill. And we have a unit, uh, which is a dye house, in which you add both organic or synthetic chemical dyes to the product. Um, you know, fiber dyed versus yarn dyed or piece dyed, Um is interesting to understand from a consumer perspective. Um, When you dye the fiber, you get deeper color consistency because the fiber really soaks in the colors. Um, So China really specializes in piece-dyed product, and that's white fabric that just has color coated on top of it. That's great for fast fashion, and that's great for sort of faster lead times and giving you more flexibility. But it's not as sustainable. It uses a lot more water. Uh, it's not as good for our planet and the color washes off so you don't get as much consistency batch over batch and not as much repeatability year on year. Um, we also have yarn dyeing, so that's at the stage of the thread and recently we've been experimenting with technology on garment dyeing, so you make white jeans or you know white shirts and you just dye them and print them in different colors and that really gives flexibility to be able to service small batches and constantly be bringing new product to market.
0: It's very interesting. Uh, you've said earlier that Banswara is a vertically integrated textile mill. It must help to own the entire chain from supply to sales. And um, given that we're in the age of C now, buy now, a lot of retailers are looking at decreasing lead times, like you said, and trying to bring products to market faster. So how do you keep the cycle running seamlessly? You know, Whether it's being in line with the upcoming season's trends versus what the retailers want, what does that look like?
1: That's a really interesting question, Akshara. You know, everything starts with the client. Um, We're looking at global trends through WGSN. Uh, We have uh, designers who are at uh, Tech's World, Premier Vision, the world's leading trade fairs. We're in constant communication with High Street uh, across the globe. We're always looking at, you know, what's cutting edge in fashion. And uh, from there, we start our design and development process, which is really a co-creation process with every brand that we work with. Uh, brands provide you know, color inspiration, pattern work, general direction of where they are trying to take their story. And we take that and distill that down into a palette of yarns uh, with different thicknesses, different thread counts, different colors that are built for the spring-summer season or the autumn-winter season. And from there, we curate a range of fabrics which we'd call our global collection and show that to customers across the world uh, and in India. Take feedback from them, iterate on it, add new patterns, always keep the collection fresh, keep showing new product every month, uh, and come to a stage where we have sampled tailored garments. Full suits, jackets, vests, trousers, skirts with our clients. That's the product you will see in store. Um, And that's made at our units in Daman and Surat, where we're making about 300,000 pants per month and 75,000 jackets per month. And in terms of fabric, we're doing 30 million meters of fabric per year. And in terms of yarn, we're spinning 2,400 tons of yarn per month. So something in terms of, you know, those are large numbers, uh, obviously a lot of complexity to manage. Uh, Technology will play a key role in helping us have visibility, transparency through the chain. Uh, we're always trying to reduce lead time, be faster. Uh, we think this business is built on three pillars. Um, one of the pillars is obviously product innovation. When we're in the fashion world. We have to be fresh. We're always cutting edge. When we're in New York. We've all heard about the Zara inditex model of fast fashion. And while we as a manufacturing company do believe that slow fashion and Sustainable fashion will be the long-term solution to our planet's climate crisis. Fast fashion will always be some part of the market. And I mean, fashion makes people feel good. And that's what it's about at the end of the day. So we're really in the business of dressing people so that they can be confident about whatever they're doing or comfortable in whatever they're doing uh, and partnering with brands to make that a reality.
0: Right. And that's a great point you make about partnering with brands to make fashion exciting. Uh, You know, I'm sure there are several steps for a fabric manufacturer to go through when you're managing a supply chain that's as complex as Banswara. So how does that process work?
1: So this is really for the sourcing heads, procurement heads, uh, buyers and everyone who is a part of the apparel supply chain. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit of fiber to garment, and even about upcycling and recycling that garment. Um, so, you know, everything starts with the fiber. We try to use as much natural fiber as we can, cotton or wool, uh, but synthetic fibers do have their place in the apparel market, and uh, polyester viscose is a premium tailored suiting fabric. Uh, polyester comes from petroleum. Um, we are moving our production to 100% recycled polyester by 2021. I mean, that's a bold move, given that we use 1,800 tons of polyester every month. Um, And we're currently at about 60% recycled, and this is recycled from plastic bottles, PET bottles that you find in landfills. Um, Apart from the recycled polyester, we're going to be moving our production to a sustainable viscose, we have a sustainable viscose that comes from a supplier in India called uh, Grasim Aditya Birla Group. It's called Leva Eco-Viscose, and uh, it's under the Canopy Cover Agreement. So by that, we mean that you know viscose is a cellulose plant-based fiber. Uh, you extract it from trees. And the canopy cover agreement ensures that you are planting trees at the same rate at which you are extracting viscose from trees. And you are basically making sure that the net effect on the planet in terms of greenhouse gas emissions is neutral or zero. Um, Apart from, you know, organic viscose, we also have ethically sourced wool, we have organic cotton, uh, and we're looking at moving, you know, all of our fibers to something that is sustainable and ethically sourced. Now, when you look at managing this entire supply chain, um, you're converting fiber to thread. And that process normally takes somewhere between two or three weeks. Some of the biggest challenges are in color matching and making sure you get the right shade in the thread. And obviously making sure the thread is consistent and doesn't have any you know, irregularities. Once you have the thread, you're making that into fabric. And... You know, the weaving is really constrained by the looms that you're using uh, and the speed of the looms uh, and the flexibility that the looms offer. Um, So we are weaving, we have 480 looms, uh, air jets, rapiers, uh, scissors, jacquard looms, you know, looms of different types to make different types of fabrics, weaves, and structures. Um, And that's the bottleneck that you're trying to optimize for when it comes to weaving and and, and finishing fabric. You know, the finishing processes are really intricate, too. You have mechanical finishing that gives you softer hand feels. You have chemical finishing that can give fabric certain performance properties like moisture management, like climate regulation and cool techs, like super black, which we've produced and we believe is the deepest, darkest shade of black on this planet. It's almost as dark as a black hole. Um, And, you know, we're always looking to put in some performance feature to fabric too because we believe that, you know, the innovation in garment often is in the fabric uh, and the technology and process engineering that goes behind it is a core part of the value proposition. You know, when you get to the garmenting, you're talking about cut and sew operations. Uh, It's really about line efficiency and making sure you're getting the maximum productivity per worker. Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Vietnam, parts of China have done a great job in being extremely efficient there. I think India has done well, but we have, in garmenting, been left behind by the other Asian countries. I think in fabric and yarn we still have our specialty product and we've been able to manage uh, to keep a niche in the market that's large enough for us to profitably uh, supply. So there's real challenges in garmenting and that's exciting for us to look at how we can improve through technology.
0: Right. You know, earlier Drew, you'd said that, you know, you guys work a lot with WGSN in determining what kind of trends uh, brands are looking for and how you can kind of plan for the season ahead. Where do you think tech plays a role in something like this, something like AI that can help in prediction, forecasting, understanding what you have versus what the market needs?
1: Right. So uh, that's actually how we got in touch with Vue AI. Uh, You know, our clients share mood boards with us. Uh, They have their vision for brand story, what they want their stores to look like, uh, color palette and aesthetic, look and feel of fabrics and garments. And we currently go through that manually, uh, as well as doing our own research, you know, with the design team and at the fairs and events that we're at. Uh, And once we've understood what the brand wants, we go through our archive of product, both historically, you know, what we've done that's similar to what the client is looking for, and new product development, you know, fresh colors that we can introduce, fresh patterns, fresh designs, fresh fabric bases and weaves and structures. Um, And then we make samples, physical samples, that we FedEx or DHL or ship to our clients. You know, they look at them, they put them on mannequins or models, they try to figure out if it's fitting uh, their customer and their store look and feel, and then they place trial orders that we you know, produce short runs of in bulk, and then we move into bulk production. And this is time-consuming, it's a year-long cycle from design concept to bulk in-store, and we're looking to, and brands are looking to crunch that cycle down as much as possible. And we think that's only gonna be possible if, through solutions like Vue AI, uh, which could digitally, you know, through machine learning, through uh, you know image recognition technology and artificial intelligence, go through the images that our clients share with us. And even further, you know, go through the store, go through the website, go through the Facebook, the Instagram, go through images of stereotypical clients that we're trying to target, understand what they're wearing and what they want to wear, uh, tag that in some readable format, and then go through our archives as a manufacturer and have some sort of smart recommendation algorithm that matches our capabilities with the client's needs. And we think that can be exciting, obviously with improving the ratio of hits that we have, but even more so on, you know, developing through technology, new product that technology and humans can work together on designing Um, and doing that in ways that's creative and doing that in ways that's cost efficient. Um, So we can both, you know, save on time and money and make this process, you know, tech and human integrated.
0: Absolutely. You know, and I think we've covered different parts of your business. We've talked a lot about just the production process and the complexity around that. Let's talk a little bit about the challenges and maybe you know the potential sort of threats and problems that can come up uh during the production cycle and how you overcome them.
1: yeah, that's an intricate question uh, a lot of variables that go into this um, so you know trying to distill that down to the major variables. Um, everything starts with a production order, you know once a brand is finalized uh an s k u or style that it wants, you know it'll tell us. Uh, We want 40,000 five pocket pants. Uh, We want them to be in a certain 100% cotton fabric, you know, washed and styled in a certain way. Um, And we have to plan the process of procuring the fiber, uh, weaving the fabric, uh, finishing it, making the garments, and delivering it typically within 90 days to our clients. So it would take two or three weeks to make the thread, it would take about 30 days to 45 days to make the fabric, and depending on the volume of the garments, somewhere between 20 to 45 days to make the garments. Um, there's obviously a lot of variability in these processes, and so we've tried to integrate technology in every step. Um, so five years ago, we put in uh, Internet of Things sensors. You know, There's an Indian company called Kalki, um, that has uh, sensors on our ring frames, and the ring frame is the machine that uh, you know, makes thread. Um, it is our bottleneck resource. And so we get data from that on the power consumption, the RPM, and this is 24-7 data, you know, Bonsoir's plant works uh, 360 days of the year, it's 24-7, um, so we're always getting, you know, petabytes of data on this. Uh, that we use to optimize our uh, machine production processes in terms of planning, we have everything. Uh, we moved it two years ago to SAP S4 HANA, extremely painful process of integrating technology into what was a manual process. You know textiles is one of the oldest industries in the world, a lot of legacy mindsets, uh, not so easy to convince shop floor workers were not the most skilled workers in the world. To adopt things that you know are future forward, and that's part of our job to make it simple, make the UI, the UX extremely usable. Um, and uh, so we've been s for hana integrated. We have all of our data. We can see everything end to end, and we're using that to uh, plan uh, optimally production routes and production planning schedules. And, you know, just to give you a high level of numbers to. Uh, you know we're ninety eight percent plus on time in full, uh, and we want to get that up to ninety nine point five percent. You know eventually six sigma lean. We've gone down the entire route of lean manufacturing. You know we work with our Japanese partners, we work with the Germans, and we're now working with Portuguese consultants on uh, optimizing our processes. We've also had the Goldrat Institute. You know throughput accounting and throughput for you know bottleneck theory bottlenecking and lean optimization be a part of our culture. Uh, we're actually working with another San Francisco based AI company called throughput.ai uh, that's helping us use AI to you know make our production processes more efficient. So we see SAP being the technology platform on which we build several applications. View.ai, throughput.ai, other AI partners, other non-AI partners that are doing different interesting things, retail integration. We have a German customer Pekin Kloppenberg that uh, you know in Germany is moving to Germany Tech 4.0 and you know it's a government initiative to get all retailers onto the same tech platform. So we're looking to build our own project lifecycle management system under Basoko, which will be once our sourcing company, uh, and integrate that into tech with our clients to really give transparency, visibility. You should know where every production order is in every stage of the supply chain, be able to predict hiccups and be able to respond quickly to variability.
0: That's amazing. Um, You know, I really feel like Banswara has been able to crack some of the biggest problems within supply chain itself. And uh, I also think that kind of responsiveness and agility translates quite well into your sustainability efforts. Uh, I recently remember reading somewhere that it takes almost 15,000 liters of water to make a suit. um, And that's something you guys specialize in. So given that, you know, the World Economic Forum has ranked the water crisis as the decade's next biggest concern... Uh, I I do think we're seeing a lot of companies starting to think about how to go waterless or at least reduce their water use in production. Um, your company Banswara has been excellent in that aspect. You recycle over twenty five thousand liters of water a day. Tell us how you were able to do that.
1: At Banswara, we have an effluent water treatment plant, and hundred percent of the water that has gone through any chemical or dyeing process is, uh, you know, passed through this treatment plant. Uh, we're ensuring that every drop of water that leaves our mill uh, is zero discharge in terms of chemicals, so it's completely clean water. And we're recycling 100% of that water. So we either reuse it in production, we have a power plant of our own and we're 100% you know, co-generation. you mm-hmm. So we use the water to generate steam that runs our turbines and generates power. We also discharge the water into the agricultural fields of Banswara, and so the water is used to grow crop, and that's the quality of the water you get out of the treatment plant. You know, We're also looking always at reducing the amount of water you need in the process of making a garment. So one part of it is whatever water you use, make sure it's clean when it gets out, but obviously it's better to use no water or less water, right? Um, So with that, we were just at uh, ITMA, which is, uh, you know, the Olympics of Textile Machinery. It's a fair that took place in Barcelona in June. Um, It happens once every four years. And we were talking with all of the textile machinery manufacturers. And we're looking at, you know, dyeing technology that uh, is waterless. We are looking at uh, machinery that can reduce our water consumption. We're using... uh, 500,000 liters of water per day. Uh, so if we can cut that in half or down to less than 100,000 liters a day, we would be elated. Um, and we're also doing rainwater harvesting. So we have catchment areas. Uh, we use the rainwater. Uh, we're fortunate here to be in an area that you know has a strong monsoon. We have a dam that uh, has a large catchment area. So there's no real water crisis in Banswara, so to speak, off but we're very cognizant of the global need to be, you know, as efficient as you can with the use of water. Honestly, the best thing any consumer can do to help the fashion crisis is just buy less clothes. Uh, and so the entire fast fashion model we think will eventually fade as you know consumers are more conscious of the planet. We'll get to something that's more sustainable fashion, or slow fashion, or recycling, upcycling. Uh, or even just buying clothes and wearing them for eight, ten years. I mean, denim and jeans are great for that. You can wear a pair your entire life. Uh, or even, uh, you know, synthetic fibers that last decades. Um, so it's not always a question of just using organic fibers. You know, there's this often misconception that oh, cotton because it's organic is good for the planet. Uh, cotton actually uses a lot more water than a polyester viscose plant. Uh, and wool might actually be better for the planet than cotton. Uh, And then people think, you know, wool, I can't wear that in the summer. That's a misconception, too. I mean, wool breeds really well, and it's great year-round. It's great in the winter and great in the summer. Um, So it's about educating the consumer at the end of the day, uh, you know, through the hang tags, getting the consumer to look at the labels. Uh, It's not going to happen overnight, but uh, we think over time uh, clients will want to know this. one other technology element that's interesting to this is the use of, you know, blockchain. Um, We haven't done anything yet. We think it's a little early. Um, We're talking to a company called Trust Trace, though, and, uh, you know, they basically help build trust digitally using blockchain technology as the ledger to store, you know, all the information. Um, And we think systems will move to being blockchain integrated, um, and we're really excited, you know, to be leaders in moving to transparency and digital trust.
0: That is fantastic to hear. And um, it also brings us to the end of our podcast, Dhruv. We really loved learning all things supply chain. And I'd really like to thank you for giving us, um, you know, in-depth educative session about uh, all these different types of fabric production, what it takes uh, to make this, what kind of energy is used, uh, I think it's a great lesson for everybody in retail to understand how clothes are made and why we should all be asking these pertinent questions. We had a wonderful time and uh, you know we really appreciate that you could host us and we hope to get to do some fantastic work together in the future. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're most welcome, and It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed it.
0: Today's episode is a great example of all the different parts of the retail industry that we don't get to often see. Uh, We've covered everything from experiences to styling to AI and tech and fashion. But if you want to hear more from uh, leaders in retail, tune into the VIEW podcast at VIEW.AI. Until then, bye-bye.